The Mina Kimes Show featuring Lenny is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it. You must be 21 or older. Welcome back to the Mina Kimes Show featuring Lenny, the only NFL podcast where one of the hosts thinks Zappy is what happens when he wears his bark collar. That's Lenny. I'm Mina Kimes. I am joined by Dominic Foxworth, who is sporting a new look that he described as look. cute. Cute, you said. Oh, yeah. I feel, I feel cute these days. So I, I, I think I want to become an indoor hat guy. I might, I might just be rocking knit hats. You know, you wear them just a little bit. Let the yeah. hair show. I feel yeah. real R&B cute right now. I, I like what's going on. Question is, are you going to think... do it on TV? Or is this only a podcast look? <sighs> yeah, like I don't you... think I can. I don't, yeah. yeah. I don't think you can pull a knit hat on TV. It's a little bit. I don't know. But do you actually have a bark collar for Lenny? I feel like you would be opposed to bark collars. We used to, actually, for a brief oh. period when we were training him because it was really bad. And, yeah. um, you know, I tested it on myself first. Of course you did. <laughs> it wasn't too bad. Uh, but now it's at the point where he, just, if he sees the remote, he just stops barking. That's that's called training. Speaking of training, um, one of my favorite things from last night's game between the Broncos and Chargers was a note I read this morning in a story Daniel Popper, who covers the Chargers, wrote for the Athletic about how um, Jasir Taylor, who was a Chargers player who forced the muff punt was coached by their new special teams coach of one year. I think his name's Mike Ficken. It's Ficken. It's Ryan Ficken, sorry. Uh, to recognize that if the blocker was standing too close to the punter, he could do that and just force him into it. And that was a thing that the Broncos did. And I just love stuff like that. Um, yeah. And it's- I especially love it from the Chargers, who have been utterly cursed on special teams for years. Yeah, I mean, it's... I. It doesn't seem like an unusual coaching point. It's something that I remember going over as a player. It's like you can't run into him, but you can force somebody else into him. It doesn't happen that often because it's on the returner. If you are running up in those situations, you're supposed to yell fire, get everybody away, especially if you're fair catching it. You don't need blockers, It, uh, which I think he did fair catch. So, yeah, that's that falls on the returner. Yeah. Poor guy. The profile is extra cute. <laughs> <laughs> you see more of that it's it was one of those games where because it was such a bad football game and we could talk about it briefly offensively um how come bad games are only bad if <laughs> offense is bad right. by the way yeah i mean we there's well, we a, know why, a yeah yeah it's an obvious offensive bias like a 50 to 47 game people would say is a great game even though it's terrible defensively but it's only yeah whatever anyways um you know, it was a game like this where ultimately that is what decided it. Something as small as that amongst other mistakes. Um, yeah, I, I mean, Dominique, for me, it was kind of a, just a story of two offenses rendered inept for different reasons, I would say. Um, Denver is the one that I think has most people in arrears, if arrears is the right word. But I, I think deservedly so, because with the Chargers watching them, you can just see they can't do anything with that offensive line right now. And it certainly couldn't do anything against a very good Denver defense. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've been trying to sing the praises of the Denver defense because everything else in Denver is embarrassing <laughs> and it's 
particularly difficult to play good defense when you don't feel like you have much hope on the other side. Like to keep going out there and putting out fires repeatedly week in and week out and throughout the course of a game is a really difficult psychological task. So I think their defense coordinator is Evero, what's his last name? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jiro. Um, yeah, Ajiro. Yeah, I wasn't sure how to pronounce the J or was it silent? Yeah. yeah, either way, he's been outstanding this season. That defense has been outstanding this season. It's the one shining light that gives Russ a chance and this offense a chance in every game they play. But they still can't quite figure it out. And the issues with we when we talk about teams, we want to be able to pinpoint one thing, but I think you and I have come to some teams where we're like, there's so many things and it's yeah. nothing that's consistently the problem. It just feels like the, at least for them, I guess the the way I would try to boil it down is it seems like the the strategy and expectations are inconsistent with the players at this point. Hmm. And I, I see a lot of Russ in the pocket attacking the middle of the field and also throwing short outside, which is like the opposite of what I would expect him to do. The off-schedule stuff is not stuff you can plan, and he did some of that in the first half that I thought was impressive and and encouraging. But it's just so many short passes for a guy who's always been known for his deep passing uh, acumen is unusual and odd. His deep passing also has been inconsistent, although that's one where I do wonder if the shoulder injury might be playing a role in that. They also Mm -hmm. said he injured his hamstring, which – kind of would explain why after that initial drive where he went like 10 for 10, he was making plays off schedule, that sort of went away. Um, And, you know, I actually do think an injury would probably explain that to some degree. But, yeah, I don't have a simple solve for this offense. Um, I Like, because when Wilson is just missing throws you've seen him routinely make over the course of his career, there's not like a clear, like, well, he does this really well. So let's lean into this because the things he does well are so inconsistent. Now you can't really game plan around it. I will say um, two things that did sort of bother me about the actual play calling as opposed to Wilson's play. Um, You know, at the end of the game, I I tweeted uh, like, I know this song when they went run, run, punt, run, run, punt, run, run, punt. You know, which is, I understand the desire to kind of run the ball and they ran the ball pretty well against the Chargers run defense. That's obviously, that's not their strong suit, but it did feel like um, after seeing some of the inconsistency on early downs, they were just kind of turtling up and hoping for third down, which is just not a good strategy. (laughs) And then I think, um, you know, when the offense looked good early on, you know, Wilson was spreading the ball around. I think he gets in trouble when he locks in on Sutton. You see, you've seen yeah. that a few times, notably in the red zone with KJ Hamler. And so anything they can do, I think to get, you know, good things happen when they get all their miscellaneous tight ends involved, it seems like, <laughs> but yeah, I don't have, I don't have a simple solve and it's sad because they're wasting what I think probably is one of the four best defenses in the NFL. Yeah, absolutely. They'd be so much better if they got some rest in the second half, too. That'd be nice <laughs> if you guys could convert a first down every now and then. Um, I think the outside the or off the field stuff with Russ is interesting also, and not like his personal life as much as it's just like the way that we experience Russell Wilson and like the noise around him. So um, my wife was critical of me. So at the end of my podcast, you, I normally do like a roses and thorns segment with my wife. She great. comes on and like, yeah, she comes on and, <laughs> and tells me things that I need to work on and things that I'm doing well. And one of the first episodes, she did not like how I was too critical of 
Russell Wilson being inauthentic. She's like, that's not fair. You don't know him. And, like, he's family. He has family, whatever. And, like, I remember hearing people talk bad about you, and it upset me. So, like, I've been conscious of that this whole time. But I also kind of feel like it's a part of the the pie when you talk about the leadership. And yeah. it feels like that that narrative has gotten so big that it bleeds into the way that he can lead this team. His press conferences always put something out there that we need to we need to contend with and we're not even in the Denver media let alone the Denver locker room so I I don't know what it means going forward but it certainly doesn't feel and this might be a little bit unfair because we haven't heard these quotes come out we just have like pictures of guys on the sideline looking frustrated and slamming helmets but it doesn't feel like you it feels like he's expended whatever goodwill that came along with being a Super Bowl winning quarterback and the missing piece and all the quotes from the offseason of how different it is to have Russ, how great it is. He burned that all up yeah. so fast. And that that's a tough spot to be in. It's a lot easier to lead when things are going well, I imagine. Hot take. Sure. Um, and the fact is Russell Wilson hasn't um, in the NFL encountered that much adversity throughout the vast majority of his tenure in Seattle. They were a winning football team or, you know, he was hurt last year. Uh, so, you know, when you're winning things like, okay, well, how do, how is he managing these relationships? How is he motivating guys? It, it's just not as much of an issue. Um, so I do think it is fair game. Uh, although I also would say, you know, we're not privy actually to those conversations, so it's hard yeah. to actually evaluate, but we can, you know, speculate and I you know, like what we judge him by is kind of what the face he presents to the world. And I do think, um, you know, relentless positivity is annoying to people. <laughs> and yeah. there's like a lack of realism, um, you know, but like, you know, on the flip side, like, we, I mean, we talk about quarterbacks all the time, like Aaron Rodgers, is he, who is he blaming? Why is he talking about the motion or the <laughs> offense or whatever? Things like, you know, it's, it's all part of the same landscape. Tom Brady going to Robert Kraft's wedding. Is he prepared for this week? You know, we, we do this stuff and we kind of do the best of the information that we have. But yeah, I think, it's going to be a really interesting and challenging point in his career. And I hope he grows from it. I mean, I hope he rises to the occasion and sort of um, rallies his teammates behind it. I'm at a point where I feel bad for him, dude. (laughs) Yeah, I I, I got that that last week too. Are are you getting that from me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm getting it from you and I feel the same way. Like I don't want to participate in online jokes. Like I feel sorry for him and like, I don't care how much money he makes or how much success he's had. Like this, that this hurts. Like it's uncomfortable to be like this. And, and I, I, when I talk about like locker room dynamics, one thing that I always remember is there's a line, like an invisible line set in the organization where everyone on one side of the line is us and everyone else on the other side of the line is them. And I've been on teams where like, the line was between the coaching staff and the front office. And I've been on teams where it was like between the coaching staff and the players. And I've also been on teams where it feels like it's between the defense and the offense where it's divided. But the reason why I bring it up is because it kind of feels like there's a circle around Russell. (laughs) And it's like, and that's what's painful to me is like hard times suck. Losing sucks. Struggling sucks. But having been someone who's played poorly, it feels much better to come into a locker room where it's like, all right, it's us. We're going to get this right. Then to come into the locker room and feel alone and have nobody talk to you and have no one say anything 
uh, at all and just like feel like you're alone. So, yeah, I, I mean, I've already entered into the sympathy place, which I'm sure he doesn't want it or need it or whatever, but I can't no. help the way I feel. I can't help the way There's I feel. There's some weird takes. People, I, I feel like it's gotten a little bit out of hand, yeah. honestly. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, just keeping it to football. He's not been playing good football. He's been inconsistent, and it, that's what makes it so hard to diagnose for me. Um, now, as far as the Chargers go, I think it's a pretty – it's a lot simpler. Like, we kind of understand why this team is struggling – um, offensively and defensively, different reasons. You know, well, actually, injury is certainly playing a big role on both sides of the football. Um, I, I think offensively, like, you know, there's always the frustration with Justin Herbert not pushing the ball downfield and Joe Lombardi's offense. But watching him, I was like, he can't push the ball downfield right now. So I don't really, yeah. for a couple of reasons, I do think the injury is his injury. His rib cartilage is still affecting his play. You see it when he pulls up on runs instead of going for first downs doesn't attempt certain throws. And then the other thing is just the, the the state of the offensive line in this game was so bad. I don't really know what they're like. There's a reason why they were just calling screen after screen after screen. You know what I mean? It's just, um, I do think especially what would, what I found more disappointing actually than Herbert's play and all of that, which you can kind of understand, of course, the absence of Keenan Allen as well being like a reliable first down target was I thought they would run the football better because if there's one thing the Broncos defense actually is pretty weak at it's run defense, um, you know, and I, it just felt like, I mean, Austin Eckler didn't have a lot of well-blocked opportunities, but I think that side of the offensive line and the run game I thought would be better. Yeah, I mean, I think this, <laughs> I thought this whole team would be better, but we can't, like, mm. can't project for injuries and all that stuff. I, and we also can't, I guess we should be able to project curses, <laughs> and like it feels like if one exists in the NFL, it certainly feels like something looming looming over the Chargers. They it feels like since like Phillip Rivers got there, they've been one of the most talented teams in football. And they never actually something always goes wrong somewhere mm-hmm. along the along the line. And again, they have a great quarterback and loaded on defense. Uh really talented young guys. I mean, they got a uh all pro level talent at quarterback and at tackle on rookie deals. That's more than enough. Well, the tackle got hurt, but like it just feels like, and then Derwin James on the other side and Bosa on the other side. And Bosa's down. They add Khalil Mack. It just, I don't know. It's great. hard to explain, but it doesn't well, seem to work out. Here's something I got wildly wrong. I thought JC Jackson would be good in this defense. Yeah. Um, yeah, and. I mean, you literally, the benching of him in this game seemed to have turned the tide for them because of the coverage bust. I mean, the one in the beginning of the game where like every single person other than him was in cover three was just, yeah. I don't, I, I, shocking, honestly. And I've, I, you know, I've seen the take like, well, they're playing too much off or so they play a lot of man. He's just not playing well. He gets beat on double moves routinely this year. Right. Um, so they, they replaced him with Michael Davis and suddenly coverage is fine. I thought in the second half, the Chargers did dialed up some really nasty blitzes. The Drew Tranko one where he timed it perfectly, the snap was the coolest one. But like throughout the second half, they found a way to get that pass rush going without Bosa, which has been a problem for them. Cornerback's one of those positions that you can have a bad game, a bad series, a bad season, and not actually be a bad player uh, because like how difficult it is to play yeah. that position. But... Also, you can't blow coverages. <laughs> now, like, that's something that I can't explain away. Like, I'd be willing to defend J.C. Jackson 
uh, fellow Terp cornerback. I'd love to defend him and say, like, yeah, I mean, you're going to get beat. They get paid, too. And the rules are tilted in their favor. But when you are chasing someone across the field in cover three and leaving your zone vacant to give up a touchdown, like, it's I, I can't defend that. I, I think also there's something to be said for the – the New England impact, like mm. they always coach their defensive backs really well and protect them really well and put them and prepare them for the games and do unique things to like take the pressure. Like what a team wants, how a teams want to attack corners. You see that they're like, all right, so this team wants to like, you saw it with the, the, uh, the chiefs is one of the, one of my favorite examples. Like, they try to send Tyreek Hill on those crossfield overs. They just have a safety over there waiting for it. And so if you're a corner, you're like, all right, the most dangerous thing I have to cover in man coverage is the is um is Tyreek Hill like running world class speed across the field. You know what? I don't even have to worry about that. <laughs> it makes it a lot easier when you have a safety yeah. over there waiting. So it's possible that um the preparation and the the scheme, like leaving that, can take an adjustment. And then all of the random Patriots corners suddenly are like playing better than Manny Joneses. Exactly. I mean, freaking <laughs> exactly. Belichick. He can't keep getting away with this. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's brutal. I think the Chargers defense, like it's, you know, it almost feels like they, they assembled all of this talent and then uh, it hasn't really like played out exactly how I would have expected i mean they've been shuffling guys in the secondary kind of trying to land on the right combination nazir adelaide out like gilman in and then up front obviously um some of their struggles against the run persisted and then losing bosa killed them i but i do think you know if when they get bosa back i don't have the timeline in front of me but i i think you know in a few weeks maybe if i remember correctly i i think this could still be a good defense but i i guess I don't know how I feel about this team because they were so stacked coming into the season. You lose Slater, who's incredibly important. And you know, even when Bosa comes back, it's hard for me to envision them playing in the same sphere as the Chiefs and the Bills. And that might be just because Justin Herbert looks human with this injury. Like if he was out there making, you know, crazy play after crazy, he still makes you know, throws every now and then like incredible ball. But I think if he was playing at the level he's capable of when he was healthy, I would probably feel so good about him that I would be okay with this team, but it just feels like too much for them to overcome. Yeah. It feels like a team that's not well coached defensively, um, which Mm -hmm. is unfortunate and weird, especially since they hired a defensive minded um, head coach. And yeah, the offense has limitations because of the O line and the injury to Herbert. So I'm not high on this team, but yeah, it does feel like the AFC, I mean, not just the AFC, it kind of feels like the NFL is Bills, Eagles, Chiefs, and then everybody else. And, I mean, I'm not even sure. Like, the Eagles haven't been tested on the level that the Chiefs and the Bills have, haven't played each other, but they're Steve, undefeated and dominating. Stephen A does that top five. He had, you know, Eagles, Bills, Chiefs, and I think that order, which is obviously chalk, basically. And then he had... The Cowboys, which I think actually you can argue for, but then he had the Jets in mind, which I mean, <laughs> no, is ridiculous. But I do think speaks yeah. to what kind of what you're saying. One last note on the Broncos: I just want to throw like just a little bit more of optimism, just because his defense is so good. Um, Patrick Sertan, one of the best corners in the NFL, flat out mm-hmm. top four, probably blanking Mike Williams, incredible. 
uh well other guy had a rough day at the office and then um yeah we don't know because darby's out but then um i thought my god what they've got in baron browning you know we talked Mm. a little bit in the season when they switched him to playing on the edge you kept hearing all summer oh man this is gonna be good and you know you always he looks like incredible to me so i feel like this defense is not only good they're going to be good for a while he got a interception and a recovered fumble on the same play (laughs) Uh, he also fumbled it, but it was outstanding. Yeah, he's a uh, he's an impressive player, and I enjoyed his uh, sack dance. It was yeah, I don't know what it was. Him. I'm too old to know. If, <laughs> is that something the kids are doing in the clubs these days? I don't or know. TikTok, I don't know. But he was yeah. giving Pipkins the business. So not granted, not the most difficult matchup in the NFL. Anyways, Broncos defense is good. Hopefully. Some of this is, I guess your best case is some of this is attributable to Wilson's injury. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like that. There might be it some, doesn't of feel it, like that. Yeah. some of it. Uh, and then Chargers, when you get Bosa back, if Herbert gets healthier, I'll start to feel better about this team. All right. Let's take a quick break and talk about things that we feel great about and not so great about. All right, people, we are brought to you by Caesar Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. See, it's not just about the daily promos, odds boosts, or the hundreds of ways to wager. It's about the immortal words of Caesar himself. You bet, you get with Caesar's Rewards. Every bet you place on the app, no matter the outcome, earns towards exclusive perks at Caesar's Rewards destinations everywhere. Hotel stays, concert tickets, bonuses, and more. Download the Caesars Sportsbook app, become a Caesars Rewards members today, and get more with every wager. Must be 21 years or older to gamble. Gambling problem? Call or text 1-800-522-4700. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. And I have to say, speaking from experience recently, having tried it for the first time in Detroit, it is absolutely delicious. Right now, you can get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Mina show today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Mina Show, M-I-N-A-S-H-O-W. You take your hat off. I didn't even yeah, notice. Yeah, I got hot. Yeah. Yeah, I don't That's, know if I'm an indoor hat. I was going to say, yeah. Might have uh, 
asked and answered. How do you feel about indoor sunglasses? Wilson, speaking of Wilson, he's been getting a lot of grief for wearing sunglasses indoors. Yeah, I'm not an outdoor sunglasses guy. Like, I'm just not a sunglasses guy. So I, I think that people look cool when they have sunglasses on. But I never really feel like I look cool in, in sunglasses. So. I don't either. Most people look yeah. great better in sunglasses. I don't think I do. You know who was wearing, I thought, unnecessary sunglasses this weekend? Cliff Kingsbury. Oh, yeah. Cliff Kingsbury seems like the type to wear unnecessary sunglasses all, all right. the time. He's my first woof. Actually, no, no. We're going to go with the winner's woof, woof, winner. So I'm going to start with okay, my first so winner. Gets, gotcha. Because I also feel like after that game, that was like a the vibe of that whole first Sad half game. was pretty... <laughs> Sad. <laughs> we, I mean, we did like three minutes on how we feel sorry for Russell Wilson. So, like, it's not. Let's bring the energy back up. All right. My first winner. Jets. The Giants. Defensive lines. Yes. New York. Football town. New, I mean. New Jersey. New Jersey. Something's <laughs> in the water. These are also kind of like similar teams in that I don't think anyone really trusts the quarterbacks. Both very good run games. And then uh, the defenses are a little bit different. I'll get to that in a second. But like, you know, punching above their weight for certainly for the New York, I think the Jets have more talent and they're playing up to that talent finally, right? Because you bring in Robert Sala, defense has been really underwhelming. Granted, injuries haven't had a lot of talent on that side of the ball. But, you know, when you bring in guys like, you know, Sauce Gardner, Jermaine Johnson, who they drafted this year, Carl Lawson comes back, and then you have these uh, high picks up front and like, you know, Quentin Williams it's got to all come together and it finally feels like it's coming together for them on defense. I mean, I'll just start there, but you know, the pack, we spent so much time talking about the Packers on our shows. Mm -hmm. The Jets defense took over the D line took over that game. That is why they won the game. Quinn Quinn and Williams is, so adorable and destructive at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's just in- incredible. Rankin was running through Ooh. guards like they weren't even there. It's like you, it's, it's like you can't even evaluate the Packers because they couldn't like meet the baseline to actually see what they could do. The, you know, <laughs> they looked like they had never seen a stunt in their life. Yeah. It was amazing. <laughs> and, um, Aaron Rodgers is asking for the offense to be simplified. It's like, yes, it, it should be simplified. Don't let the guys run through the line without slowing them down a little bit. <laughs> like we don't even know yeah. if the game plan could work because they can't stand up uh, long enough to give him time to make something happen but yeah on the positive note like sauce i love sauce he's so he's so good so so good and has the confidence to go with i mean it's a prerequisite to play corner you have to start with unhealthy love of oneself and, and and then you have to match that with outstanding athleticism and intelligence and he seems to have it all i mean the guy wore a cheesehead thing in green bay at lambo like if that's not sauce the boys uh but on that note i i did um uh come like a little advertisement our friend andrew hawkins has this uh new virtual reality game called status Mm -hmm. this is i'm not being paid to mention it in this box it's very fun though um it's like a use the the virtual vr headset and as part of the script they gave me i had to like audition and i had to say i've got all the sauce and boy, oh. those words have never been less natural coming out of a human's <laughs> mouth. <laughs> I've got all the sauce. Oh, it was so bad. Even just saying it now is triggering. Um, it reminds me when you when you did those um those Mariners takes. Oh my God. You remember that it's was so rally great. time. <laughs> oh man. 
Oh, goodness. Sauce is, okay, what's the young person word that you feel the least comfortable saying? I don't know, all of them. So I think I don't know the young people words to say, but I I, I never bought in on lit. Like it was never, never something that <laughs> I was saying. Like it just felt like it wasn't for me. And by the time, like... There's a period where like young cool people say it that we don't know about. Yeah, it. we miss there's it. Yeah, short, we're always really late a, to it. Yeah, yeah, there's a short period where we could also say it before old white men start saying it. <sighs> Once they start saying it, it's dead. It's too late. You I know? know. So like, I missed. I missed it for lit. I clearly missed it for the gritty, which is obviously dead right now. Yeah, it's been been murdered been for a while. Yeah. Yeah, and so yeah, I don't know what. Let me think. Every what time Gisicki does it it's uh, honestly someone has to call the NAACP and just put a stop to it <laughs> it's not okay <laughs> it's yes. not okay oh, God. um there's i mean i even saying things are fire i always i'm oh, like yeah. part of me like dies inside every you, time i say it because because for to use fire you have to say fire Ooh. like you can't say you can't say that's fire cuz mm. it doesn't sound right it's like mm. it's it has to be fire like, oh, that play was fire. And Vi- it just doesn't feel right. Vibe, I feel like. I'm, I'm, oh, yeah. It's a vibe. You're good vibe. Yeah, vibe, I think. Yeah, vibe is universal. I mm. think you can be like, yeah, it's mm. a vibe. Mm. Uh, All right. There's a guy, Owen, who uh, works for Omaha, is listening. He's extremely young. Text me the words the kids are saying now. And at the end, I'm going to try to say them. Hold on. Make them hold on. Who, who is this? Owen at okay, Omaha. I'm good. He does the social for oh. us. Okay. Yeah. Uh, oh, he does social. I was yeah. about to say, I don't want no slang from a dude named Owen, but if he's in charge of social, <laughs> you're, you're good with me, Owen. Just tell it, just text it to me. All right. Um, the other thing though, I do want to hit the Giants too, because, uh, less, less so. I think, you know, I don't think they're as good as the Jets defense, quite frankly. But, um, this last week against Baltimore, or we're, mm, Baltimore could easily be a woof. Um, I was really impressed by the defensive line as well. So it's, I kind of lumped them into one category. Um, Leonard Williams is finally back and, uh, looks as disruptive as ever, but the real like winner is Dexter Lawrence. It's funny, Quinn Williams and Dexter Lawrence, I think two guys, defensive tackles, some people thought, ah, should they be taken as high as they are? Especially Lawrence, I would say more than Williams thinking, how long is he going to be in the field? Turns out he's on the field the whole, like whole freaking game. Uh, yeah. and he's a game breaker. Uh, just, I think he's on, he is definitely on the fifth year option right now. They're going to, we, when we talk about the giants and Saquon and Daniel Jones, he is priority number one, in my opinion, for a guy to keep because, and then, oh, oh, oh and the Th- Thibodeau finally kind of, well, not finally, yeah. but also had obviously yeah. a forced fumble. And so it, it feels like, okay, you know, finally we're starting to see a young core on defense, which is huge for them. I like this show because this show is not like many other shows that I'm on where we have to turn up the the uh, Giants talk to a degree <laughs> where you have to be like, so are they going in a Super Bowl? And if you say no, it's like, you hate the Giants. It's like, no, like we can be honest about this and have a conversation and celebrate the good things that they've done so far and also acknowledge that. Some of what's happening is a result of like some happenstance. Yeah. This is not because they are a dominant team, but um, I think it's fine to celebrate the things that they are really good at in the D line. Their front is really good right now. If you want to extend this to outside the city of New York or New Jersey and do the entire state, the D line in Buffalo wow. should be commended also because we knew they had they'd a big be good, game. Though. 
Right, yeah. but um, yeah. I just it's all. It seems like those things are consistent for the entire state. Is they've all decided that the D line <laughs> is important to winning, and it's uh, translating to big wins, especially uh, last week. All right, what's your first? We're gonna end with your winner. What's your first okay. wolf? Your wolf. My first. My wolf. My wolf is wolf is the Bucks, <laughs> and it's Brady, I guess, in the Bucks, it's and we don't it. have to have. Yeah, we don't have to have. The conversation that everyone's having about Tom Brady um, going to oh my God. the wedding. We, that was because, on take. I feel like the show we're just yeah. slandering all the other shows yeah, around. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. I, that's I think fine. I used the words, I don't want to speculate like five times in the single first take segment because I, I was just like, let's. I, here's what I saw on the field. Yeah. I mean, the Brady stuff. So my only point about the Brady whatever that's happening off the field, how it impacts the team is – on on uh, my podcast, we talk a lot about how important institutional stability is and which is like a cousin to culture, I think, in an organization and the institutional stability for this recent Tampa Bay Buccaneers is Tom Brady and the culture mm-hmm. is Tom Brady because he brought it down there like and he's a big enough star and has enough goodwill in the league that when he says and does something, people follow it. And the example that he set when he first got there, I think is one where, and this is true of anybody. uh, um, Charlie producer of debatable was sending me all these notes. And I was like, damn, you working hard. I feel like I need to work harder. And I think that's, (laughs) that's the same thing that happens with Tom Brady where it's like, Damn, Tom Brady's working hard. Mm. Well, I need to be doing extra stuff. And I do think that no matter what it is that's taking him away from this team, uh, not being there for 11 days in training camp, not practicing certain days, uh, not being there on a Friday and Saturday morning of a game week, and like whatever decisions he's making and that's taking him away from the game, it's not impacting his play necessarily because I just watched the game this morning and he has some incredible throws. Incredible. Like, the one to Godwin inc- up the seam. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, even the touchdown that was dropped, or I guess oh. it's not fair to say dropped, but like, yeah, I, um, I think Gage, Gage had yeah. it in his hands. It's a tough catch, but that throw yeah. was absurd. Yeah, he still makes And it. so, like, I wouldn't say that Tom Brady needs to be there for a walkthrough, no. you know, but there's something to be said for, uh, when you have that decision to make, is it time for me to go to my car and go home? It's a lot easier to go to your car and go home and not do extra whatever when it seems like the guy who who represents the institution right now is not doing those things. So I think it's a fair criticism or fair way to discuss the impact of all this other stuff on the game. Here's what I think jumps out to me about his play this year and and there's a lot of reasons why the Bucks are struggling that have nothing to do with Tom Brady that we can talk about, but he looks 45, not in the sense of his arm strength because he still makes crazy throws more than ever. He looks like he doesn't want to get hit to me. And I think that is a problem. I think he does not trust his pass protection. I think he is speeding up throws um, and you're, as a result, you know, some of those longer developing plays from the Arians, I mean, he's always had like a absurdly quick release on deep balls, which is one of his many, many superpowers along with his pocket management. But I do feel like that's a problem right now. Mm-hmm. Um, the rookie guard they have, Cam Hayward, 
Ugh, is his dad yummy. now because that was not pretty. And I don't know what the solution is. Obviously, they've been so injured on the offensive line, but that to me is probably the single biggest problem with this offense. I, I bitch about the first down runs all the time, uh, but they lost the game because their freaking vaunted pass defense let Mitch Trubisky go four for four on third and long. So, yeah, I mean, it's not the only reason That's... they lost the game. The offense, you know, didn't only put up 18 points against a limited Steelers defense, but that was atrocious. Yeah. They kick way too many field goals. Yes. You got to score touchdowns in this game. Um, and the defense, I didn't think played bad, but when they needed them to get another stop, uh, they couldn't get a stop yeah. at the end of the game. Like Mitch Trubisky and, and Claypool making plays. And like, that's the problem when you're playing is everybody, the, the talent margin is so thin. In football, if you are a better team, you need to get it done. Because if you get to a late game situation with Kenny Pickett, Mitch, Tr- well, not Kenny Pickett, he got hurt, but Mitch Trubisky and Chase Claypool, somebody is capable of making a play to put you out of, put you out of this game. So, and on top of it, the Steelers, they, uh, how many of their corners were hurt? Like their top three corners they, they weren't were, even yeah, playing in this game. Like absurd. what is going on? And they were still finding ways to get pressure. So you can't blitz when you have, when you're down to your, when you're down to your fourth and fifth corner, you just can't, <laughs> you can't leave those guys out there. And they're still finding ways Wait, to. Martindale's like challenge yeah. accepted. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You can't find ways uh, uh, to uh, protect them. And Tom Brady has to make them pay. And I, I remember being told just wait till they get healthy mm. that ain't it wait till those receivers come back that ain't it the receivers are back and tom was beating them the ball so many targets and it's not enough so let me just wrap this bucks talk do you, i still feel like they'll be fine uh it's because the nfc is yeah garbage. yeah yeah i mean <laughs> like, I don't know. I, they're still in yes like as we discussed there's like that top three and then just a whole right. lot of mess so yeah, I mean, they're I mean in the that's South, the, like, come on. It's fine. When I watch their games, I'm like, this team ain't good. And then I look at the standings, and I'm like, well, they still going to win their division. And then I look at the other division, and it's like, uh, the Eagles the only team I think that are, like, decidedly better than them. The Vikings have a better record, but, eh, which will lead me to my winner, which I'll save for the end. But we should uh, – I feel like maybe tomorrow on TV I'll talk about um, Mike Tomlin and because last week we killed Mike Tomlin and somehow they managed to steal a win. We didn't kill Mike. Do we? I don't think we talked about Mike. Well, I mean, show not you and me. Um, shows I was on was a lot mm-hmm. of Mike Tomlin. Uh, it's a loss. It might have lost this team and <laughs> like, yeah, it was some wild, it was some wild stuff out there. Oh, I didn't man. participate in it, but I heard it. <laughs> uh. Wild takes floating around. Don't don't Love dabble in takes. them. Avoid them. Look away. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. My woof is, I mean, this is a perpetual woof for me, but it was the woofiest it's ever been. That's the Cardinals offense. Mm. You can't be that bad against the Seahawks defense, man. Like, that was brutal. So, through the first six weeks of the season, DVOA, this was from Monday. This is actually before the Seahawks game kicked in. Had them 27th in passing, 20th in running, or 20th in EPA per play. Um, we know how bad the Seahawks defense is. We don't have to get into that. Kyler Murray is 28th in air yards per attempt. That's to check. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury, uh, after at his press conference after the game on Monday, was asked about play calling and said, um, I want to make sure I get this quote right. He said he would be open to potentially letting someone else call the plays. Um, last year when he had COVID, Spencer Whipple, who's Mark Whipple's son, who's their assistant coach, that called the plays. I don't remember how that went, so I have no opinions on that. Okay. So the problems with the Cardinals are kind of the same that they've always been, just without the deodorant of DeAndre Hopkins. The offense is – Kyler Murray's not playing well. I want to throw that out there, first yeah. of all, except for when he does like a few crazy things. But other than that, there's not a lot of consistency there. They're just extraordinarily predictable. They're extraordinarily horizontal. Um, and they just depend too much on ice, like talent to win, which is very, you know, it's air raid, it's college. And at a moment where like all the best offenses in the NFL are pretty heavily schemed up, it just stands out. Like it's, there's just no misdirection or, which is crazy because you have a quarterback who should be one of the best misdirection weapons in the league. Um, and you know, they have them on design runs sometimes, but it's like, so, there's no like flow to the option game. There's no, I mean, he's never on the move throwing. He is 28th in designed rollouts below Derek Carr. Um, so there's that, you know, he's always in the gun. So the play action game sucks. Um, it, it's just, there's no motion, which, you know, I talked about this with, with um, uh, last week with Ollie, like motion isn't necessarily a cure-all, but like there's just nothing. It's just nothing. Like they just line him up and do the same yeah. over and over, yeah. and it's freaking frustrating. Um, that's what you do when you're better than other people. Like yeah. you don't want to complicate things, and that's like you mentioned a second ago. That's a college way of thinking. It's like, all right, we're gonna line up all our guys out here. We have five guys that are really good. You got one guy, maybe two guys that might make it to the next level, and everybody else is insurance salesmen. We're going to find, like, future insurance salesmen. We're going to find one of those guys who's going to be wearing the red polo for State Farm real soon, and we're going to give him a hard day. And, like, that don't work in the NFL. Like, it can only work for so many times, and they don't have the deodorant of a fast start, <laughs> which is what they normally have. Yeah. Uh, and that, I mean, that's what it boils down to, to me, is like, it's very simple. And we were all critical of the Cliff Kingsbury hire, because why would you hire someone who failed? I mean, I guess I, I would say was a failed college head coach mediocre at best yeah why would you give them a head coaching job in the nfl 
I don't get it, but like this is what you get when you do that. And I don't think it's incredibly difficult. Just like I don't want to be disrespectful to like how difficult it is to design an offense, but I think that we oversell how smart offensive coordinators are and how like complicated it is. Like you start with a foundation. What are we really good at? We're going to do that. Okay. How can you stop what we're good at? Okay, our counter is going to attack that. And it to me, they haven't decided and or haven't figured out yet since they've been there. Like what and I think that's where you talk about like there's no flow. It doesn't feel like anything. It's like they haven't decided what the foundational piece of this offense is gonna be. When they have a guy like Kyler Murray, it should be his athleticism. You know what? Yeah. All right. We're gonna use this to force the defense to overcommit to here. And then He's also incredibly accurate and strong-armed. And then we'll go from that to make people pay. Like, just, I don't know. It seems simple to me, but it's going to be all cured when Robbie Anderson shows up. Is he there yet? (laughs) Oh, man. Well, that brings me, I guess, to my other criticism of the Cardinals, which is as much um, as as scrutiny as Kyler Murray and um, Cliff Kingsbury get, you know, just ripped Kingsbury. Uh, Steve Kahn, the general manager, to me, deserves just as much, if not yep. more, criticism because it feels like all of their moves are just kind of like Hail Marys. And obviously, the DeAndre Hopkins trade was one of the best trades in NFL history. Um, you know, given Is that obvious. Um, I mean, they gave away David Johnson, and yeah, yeah I mean, it's I mean, it wasn't a, it was a good trade, I guess. It's not maybe something it's that an we NFL history is a little strong, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's yeah. obviously a win. But, you know, you look at it like, first of all, their drafts have been atrocious, Um, although defensively, they're finally like, you know, they're holding up their end of the bargain, but um, not because of the drafts necessarily, but um, you get this. Okay, so we Hopkins gets popped. They trade for Hollywood Brown. They trade a first for Hollywood Brown, man, who's outrageous. We knew like, you know, who's got this injury history and. And then now there's this like the Anderson trade on its face is fine. You know, they didn't give up that much for him, obviously, but he's not been good. And it again, it just kind of feels like desperation. Like there's not I don't know. It, there's no like coherence to this and and Cliff and Kime were both extended for six years, so yeah, and and Kyler, which like I understand that you accept, but yeah, no. your point about the defense, Vance Joseph is doing a good job. They have a lot of like weird part. Weird's not the word. Like interesting pieces on defense that don't always fit well together or don't easily fit well together. But he's doing a good job keeping it all together. He deserves credit for that. Um, what's happening with everywhere else in the organization doesn't seem clear to me. And I guess if you have a problem. I think we both accept that the Kyler Murray contract is fine. Drafting Kyler Murray, smart move. Signing him, extending him, smart move. I don't know about re-signing and extending the coach and the court. I mean, coach and the general manager. I think those are bad. Decisions. You don't know that. Yeah, what no. what universe did that make sense My to bad. literally My anyone bad. when they You're did right. that? Especially coming off of the implosion last season, yeah. which that implosion, Kyler Murray played bad in the wild card game, but Cliff Kingsbury was very, very, you know, struggled at, uh, down the stretch, of course, as usual. And then Steve Kime, like it literally his first rounders were sitting on the sideline during that game. What in like, what would possibly motivate someone to look at that and say, ah, yes, these yeah. guys. 
Let's go with these guys. I trust them to, you know, shepherd as we give our quarterback this giant contract, which everyone knew we were going to do. They had to do. These are the guys I want to build around them and optimize them. It made no sense at the time. Bill Bidwell is the one, (laughs) the owner of the team. Like, that's where this all lands to me. And you ask why or who would make this decision, these decisions? Bill Bidwell. And that seems like the core of the reason why they can't get right is because he is committed to Steve Kime and, and Steve Kime is committed to Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, and in a way that they were not committed to Josh Rosen, which may have been a good decision or Steve Wilkes, which may have been a good decision too. But it's hard for me to look at, uh, their track record and say that they were right about anything because they've been so wrong about so many things. Okay. Let's wrap as always. Not always. Let's no, wrap. No, 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 no. For my new format with a winner. Okay. Well, I mean, we're not even going to wrap because the pressure's on O dog to come with some slang at the <laughs> end of this. So, <laughs> okay, good, good, good. I hope, I hope they're good. All right. Um, my winner, <laughs> my winner oh, no, is. I'm going to use all these in our conversation now, and you oh, have to guess gosh. what they are. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm, it's going to be easy because you're going to be all stilted and uncomfortable when you say it. But anyway, all right. My winner is uh, the Vikings, which is a weird one because they did win the game, no. but it was not impressive. And they won in part because. The pack or they're a winner in part because the Packers lost again and they are stumbling their way to the top of a messy NFC. And Mm -hmm. watching that game did not give me a lot of confidence in them, but as everyone and it made me feel a little bit better about the Dolphins and a lot of, yeah, (laughs) a lot, a lot of appreciation (laughs) for the coaching staff, uh, there because they do (laughs) the Shanahan stuff is I think it's like a, a limiter uh, and McDaniel does it. It's a limiter in that it's going to raise the floor of every quarterback, but it's so simplified. I think that it also puts a ceiling on the, it can put a ceiling on the performance, but when you have players like Hill and Waddle and Waddle had a terrible game. Cause I mean, he played well, but he like tipped the ball up. The guy intercepted and then yeah. he had a ridiculous fumble. But anyway, this is supposed to be about the Vikings and how I'm happy for them because they are managing to stink their way to the top. They got that that other win against the Saints, which maybe they should not have deserved. They got their pants pulled down against the Eagles. But again, they're fumbling their way around. And in a conference where everyone feels like they're fumbling their way around, right. at least they're winning while doing so. Bet. Try that again. Bet. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I mean, like, come on. There's so many, like, the Jets, the Giants, the Vikings, like the records right now are all mm-hmm. not maybe necessarily reflective of future performance. Yeah. Um, I will say this about the Vikings, what I thought was very impressive uh, in this particular game. Uh, the pass rush was bussing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pass rush was bussing. <laughs> Way to go, Owen. Way to Turn go. Turn up. Oh gosh, the 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 past they were it was a turn up in the backfield. Uh, uh, Darius Smith, um, amazing. Daniel Hunter, amazing. Uh, and uh, well, I did a defensive ranking with Deontay Lee, who's great, and he suggested the Vikings might. And I don't think they have one of the better defenses in the NFL because I do think there are still issues with that 
secondary. Although Patrick Peterson looked pretty good in this game. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, the pass rush looks legit. And I think that mm-hmm. combined with the, you know, a actually good passing attack as much as, you know, with I mean, Kirk Cousins' consistency do not go hand in hand necessarily. But however, the pass rush is good enough for me to think, okay, they're going to be at least at this is a playoff team, you know, right. at minimum. Yeah. The um this was the the Barry the Gritty Bowl too, right? If the this was the official gritty funeral bowl because oh, God. Yeah. Thielen did it, right? Which is like, yeah, once Thielen is gritty and, and uh Gasecki gave us another rendition that yeah. seemed like it would never stop. Like once it becomes and once you're in on the joke, it's definitely dead. You know, like it could still be alive if you think you're doing it right and we're all laughing at you. But no, it also feels like these guys are like, hey, hey, this is funny. Like when Kirk Cousins yeah. put on puts on a I bunch know. of chains, like, all right, Kurt. All right, it was cute the first time. It was cute when um when Fitzpatrick did it. Now you need to stop. Owen informs me that the gritty has been dead with the youth. Oh yeah, clearly. Facts. I can do facts. Uh, facts. I can do facts. Yeah, facts is facts fine. feels fine. Some of these I can't. Bet works too. Bet bet is old though. Like I said bet when I was in middle school. Like it's not a new thing. Mm. It feels like people are saying it now. I don't know. I mean, maybe it's come back, but it's not a new thing. Bet. This whole segment is has been me doing what you're just described. Also, like maybe vaguely approaching appropriation. So I should probably (laughs) not. I'm I'm just gonna beg out of the rest of this list. Um, (laughs) Send me the list. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, I, I like I, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head, which is the most important reason why the Vikings are winners, which is the Packers looking like absolute mm-hmm. crap. Um, you know, but Barnwell had a great two, which is what are the Packers good at right now? And, but, I, and I think that as a, you know, we talked a lot about the Packers, so I kind of want to pause on that, but I actually think the Vikings are good at certain things. Pass rush being one of them, which is something that wasn't necessary. It wasn't a foregone conclusion headed into the season. You have to know Hunter, you know, who's been injured and Darius Smith as well. And and to see it come to life, um, I think is really impressive. And we know that they're good at Justin Jefferson. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> like this, you know, it's, it's uh, who do they have? God, when are they play a good team? Cause I really want to, yeah. I want them to be like tested before I yeah. feel great about them. Okay. So they have I mean, the Cardinals it- on Thursday night. <laughs> Commanders, Oof. Bills. Okay, that's a big one. Big yeah, test. they don't stand a chance. I don't see it happening. It's like, yeah. Ah. Mm. Uh, yeah, I mean, especially that, uh, the Vikings offensive line struggled in this one. That was part of the reason mm-hmm. why I thought the offense um, and the, was the, the, the Dolph- Yeah, The Dolphins moved the ball. Like even though they didn't score a bunch of points, yeah. like it feel like, felt like they could move the ball at will with Skyler and Teddy. Like it didn't matter who was throwing the ball. Uh, and not everyone has those threats, but another uh, week, another Dominique Foxworth quote unquote winner. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've been using my winners to hate. That's all right. <laughs> I knew you were gonna call me out on it. I'm surprised I lasted this long, but I mean, I'm just a generally uh, skeptical guy. I'm sorry, cynical. You are. I took off the hat too because I don't feel cute anymore. Tripping. With <laughs> no. <laughs> Again, that's not new. This is, All right, this is take old it up stuff. With, take it up with Owen. <laughs> yeah. O dog. Get it right, Owen. <laughs> okay, bud. Um, I'll see, let's see what's next week's Monday game. I want to check now. Sorry. Great prep here. I think next week is better. 
No, we just take it one week at a time at Amina Kaim's um, podcast. Hold on. Next week is, oh, the Bears and the Patriots. Yeah. Zappy time. Zappy. See you here, bud. Bye. <laughs> Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA.